All right, so let's open up a prayer. Father, I just thank you and I praise you and I give you the, all the glory, all the glory. Holy Spirit, I invite you to speak through my mouth this morning. And I pray that you'll touch the hearts of the people, Father. And I pray that you'll give everybody a new revelation about this thing called the Ministry of Helps. If they don't know about this, then Lord, this will be the day that they find out. And I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Do you know that roughly about 5% of the church does about 90% of the work of the church? True story. True story. Now listen, I've been here for, what, going on four years working, uh, you know, full time. Well, it has been four years working in the office here. And so I've gotten the opportunity, if you will, to see up close just how difficult it is to get people, number one, to step in and do anything that needs to be done to be willing to do anything that needs to be done. And then when you do get them to step into any kind of, uh, you know, helps ministry, uh, they're very, um, well, yes. And basically very loose with their ideas about what that means and, and faithfulness and, and being willing to step in and, and do it. Do what needs to be done. It's more of a very, um, well, I'm a volunteer attitude. And we're going to talk about that today. Are you a volunteer? Well, you are, but not exactly. Okay? <laughs> not exactly. Did you know that everybody, and I do mean everybody, has a supply that they bring to the body as a whole? Everybody, no matter who you are, when God places you in a local body, there is something that you are responsible for bringing to that body. Let's look in our Bibles. Let's look in our Bibles at Ephesians 4. And we're going to look at verses 15 and 16. It says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according, listen, by what every joint supplies, did you catch that? Yeah. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The bottom line is, is what this means for you is that if you have never uh, prayed and asked God what is your part in the church and if you have never served in the church in any kind of way, what this literally means is that you have robbed myself and every other person of the particular body that you are in of something that they need to grow into maturity. Now, that sounds pretty strong, but I just read that to you in the Bible. And you say, oh, you know, now that's Teresa. She's just being, uh, you know, uh, I think that's just her being dramatic. I mean, after all, she needs something to say to talk to us and make a point, right? She's being rather dramatic. We didn't rob anybody. We just didn't show up. Well, all right, let's go over to Matthew 25. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read something to you here. And we're going to start in verse, let's start in verse um, 14. Let me know when y'all are there. Because I want y'all to circle some things. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents to another two, to another one, underline, to each according to his own ability. Underline that in your Bible. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, 
Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now that was the five talents, right? He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Underline that in your Bible. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now listen, we know that they're talking about, the, 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 the example here is using money. But the parable is not about money. It is about a servant and how he handled what was given to him. What the parable is actually about is servanthood. That's the subject, the servant, and whether they were faithful with what they had. Amen? Now, according to this parable, according to this parable, a heart that is not willing to grow and invest in the kingdom of God, of God is a wicked and lazy heart. Wicked and lazy. That's what Jesus said. According to this parable, the master considers the heart that is not willing to grow, invest, Amen. wicked and lazy. That's what the master found. Okay? Now, as I tell you this, as I tell you this, I want you to understand there are many ways that we serve. Uh, in the body of Christ, okay? So when I'm talking about serving, I'm not just talking about, oh, you must get up and teach or you must be, not everybody's called to do those kinds of things, right? But there are many, many things that you are called. Some people are called to be good business people and to bring finances into the kingdom, okay? But there are also many people within the local body that are called to do many things, and they don't step up and do it. They don't step up and do it. Um, Now, you may be sitting there, and you're saying, okay, well, I hear what you're saying, Teresa, but I'm telling you, I really, I really do not, um, you know, I, I, I don't have any special abilities, you know? I don't have anything at all, uh, that's special. I'm not good at anything. I don't know what I'm good at. Verse 15, all had an ability. And he gave to them according to that ability. And I've already read to you in Ephesians that every person or, or body part, as it calls it, supplies something. Right? Amen. So the the thought that I don't have any special ability, well, in that parable, he gave to one ten, and he gave to one uh, uh, five, and he gave to one two, and he gave to one one, according to their ability. But did you notice that at the end, whether they had ten, or they had five, or they had two, that they all received, well done, good and faithful servant? Did you notice that? The only one who did not receive, well done, you good and faithful servant, was the one who was in fear, was afraid, and went and hid their talent. Do you know how many times you ask somebody to do something and they're afraid to step out and do it? 
Oh, I don't know, I can't do that, I'm afraid. Even if they find out they can do it, then you come back and you ask them again and they're like, oh, I'm scared, I can't listen. I understand, I understand the feeling of fear. I do. I have shared with y'all many times um, how that when I first started singing, I was so terrified. I talked about this last time I was teaching that I literally told Jerry, we'll just change churches. I'm not getting up there and singing. He's like, T, you got to go. They're counting on you. I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, what are you going to do? Just call them up and lie to them? I said, no, we're just going to change churches. I'm just not going to show up. Not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I understand the whole feeling fear thing. But listen to me, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing something in spite of being fearful. And literally, people are afraid of feeling afraid. Why do I say that? Because I dreaded the feeling of being fearful in front of everybody. You know, I, I found it embarrassing, number one, to be standing there trembling like a leaf in front of everybody, you know. Uh, and number two, it's a very unpleasant feeling to have your heart racing 90 miles an hour. <laughs> and so you end up being afraid of being afraid. It's really the only thing you're really afraid of, even when you find out there's nothing to be afraid of. You're just afraid of being afraid. But listen, God doesn't pet that. We tend to think, well, I'm very fearful and God understands. No. The servant right there said, I was fearful. He still said, wicked and lazy. His fear was no excuse to the master. It was no excuse, right? Okay. Now, I just said, it didn't matter. He gave according to the ability. So some had an ability to handle ten, uh, five. He gave them. They went. They made the ten, right? And some did not. Some only had the ability to do two. He gave them according to their ability. What does that tell you? All of them had some sort of ability. And God only expected them to operate at the level that he had given them the ability. Only at the level that he had given them the ability, right? Now, we, th- why is this important? Every part is, is, is from God. We tend to get this idea about, we get this idea about ministry, that ministry is only, it's only the evangelist, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher. But that is not true. That is not true. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 28. If I say ministry, somebody's in ministry, immediately somebody's mind goes to, oh, they're, they're, they're a prophet, evangelist, a preacher, or a teacher. That, that's what everybody thinks. But I'm about to show you right here. You know, you hear ministry of help. You say, well, that sounds nice. Sounds like a nice churchy way to say volunteers. <laughs> But, you know, we didn't come up with it, nor did we coin the phrase. Here it is. <laughs> Verse 28. Well, let's start with 27. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings. There it is. Circle it. Helps administrations, and varieties of tongues. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that helps is an actual ministry. It's a ministry. It's not just something that you're volunteering for. What is helps? Okay, helps is like musicians, singers, nursery workers, children workers, Youth, you, you know, youth helpers, uh, greeters, ushers, altar workers. That is all a ministry. It's a ministry according to the word of God. According to the word of God. Now, a while back, you know, I wish I, I, wish I would have been able to get that for, for this morning. But because this is first service, you know, we kind of keep it simple. And so... Uh, but a long time back, how many of y'all remember Pastor 
did this thank you video and it showed him, you know, he's, uh, he's running around, he's cleaning the church, he's trying to powder and diaper the babies, he's greeting the, the customers, he's catching them at the, alt, uh, the, the, at the altar here, he's running to the door to tell them, it, and at the end it shows him collapsed over the, the pulpit and, and says thank you. Listen, Listen, it is impossible, it is impossible for one person to cause, uh, to, to, to carry the weight of a church. And it is sad for just a few people to carry the whole weight of the church. But here's what happens, here's what happens. People are busy, we know that, you know, we know that. They work, they have jobs. Okay, when you got bills to pay, we get that. We get that. Everybody gets that. But what happens is you, you go and you ask them to do something, and it's not in their work hours. It's in their leisure hours. <laughs> and they don't want to give those leisure hours up because they worked, and they're tired. So what happens then is the 5% that do stuff end up doing everything. And a ministry relies on those 5% so heavily and gives them so many jobs that are varied and all over the place and they strive their best to do all of those jobs because why? Because they do have a servant's heart and because they care about this body, the church, and they're thinking we're going to make this thing work. And they work and they work and they work until one day they're worn slap out and they can no longer work and then they fall apart and, 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 and go by the wayside. They're exhausted while the rest of the body sits around and they take and they take and they take and they enjoy and they enjoy and they enjoy and they sit and they sit and they sit and they go, wow, this is great, until one day they come in and they're like, why isn't anything going smoothly? And then they start critiquing. They didn't do that very well. They could have done a better job of that. If I had done it, I would have done this and that. Well, sister and brother, get up and do it. Amen. We are not stopping you from coming and showing us how it should be done. We are not stopping you. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I do realize that. I do realize I'm talking to mostly the helpers here. I, 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 I realize I am talking to mostly the helpers here. But there are a few... There's a reason I'm talking to you, because I'm also going to encourage you. There's a little bit of rebuke in here, because we've got everybody in here, some who do and some who don't, right? But the truth is, is that I am here to encourage you a little bit about this, and I'm going to. Um, you know, I, I just got through showing you that, that, that all of this is considered ministry, but people, you know, you've got those who, who sign up and they, they do and they do and they do. And then you also have those that sign up, but this is how they sign up. Okay, I'm willing to help you with this, but I only want to help you on this many days out of the month. And, and, I, it, and don't call me on anything extra when y'all have extra people. No, I really don't want to do that. Listen, I'll do it. If nobody else is going to do it, call me back, but I'd prefer not to do it. Listen to me, don't sign up. Nothing frustrates me more than people who volunteered for something and then you sign them up for it and they've got 25 rules around how they're going to give you their service. It's absolutely impossible sometimes. Absolutely impossible. And I speak of what I know. I'm not speaking to you about what I don't know about. <laughs> yes, sirree. So listen, if you sign up for something, could you have a servant's heart? Because if you don't, don't sign up. And know, and know that God considers that wicked and lazy. Wicked and lazy. Not my words. Your word. His words. Right there in your Bible. Amen? Okay, now, you're probably saying, Teresa, where's all this coming from? <laughs> Listen, I just went through a month of trying to plan altar workers that was just ridiculous. 
And I'm not going to get into all that, but I'm just going to tell you. At the end of that, I realize people have no concept of what it is that they're doing. They have no concept of the importance of it. They have no concept of why you need to be faithful to it. Pastor Jeannie sometimes is begging people to go over there and take care of those babies. Begging them. Pathetic. And you're right, this does need to be in the next service, but they didn't give me that one. Maybe a reason for that. <laughs> this is the one they gave me. <laughs> so everybody here gets to hear it. Amen. <laughs> you know, we just, we just planned an event uh, for pastor, and it was a huge event, and it was a lot of work. It was work. No, it was worth it. We were honoring our pastor. And you would think for such a monumental task, bunch, such a monumental event that people would be excited and say, yes, I want to jump in. I want to help. Oh, no. No. We get down to the last day and Chloe's on the phone begging people to come help serve the food. And I've got students in ambassador school that are always crying about they don't have practical hours, but you give them the opportunity to serve in something that's not a glory job as they consider it or a big job as they consider it, and there ain't nobody signing up. That's right. Yes, I am right. <laughs> ain't nobody signing up for that. Why is that? Why is that? Hmm? Do you know, part of the reason that is, is because they don't consider it a ministry. They don't know it's a ministry. And because it's not one of the so-called important jobs, you know, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, then it's not really, it it doesn't really, uh, you know, I can just kind of come if I want to and I'm a volunteer, they don't pay me and... It doesn't matter, and if this Sunday comes up, and I was supposed to serve, but you know, um, my friend is having a birthday party, and I found out about that Saturday night, and it's no big deal if I don't show up Sunday. I'm just a volunteer. I'm just a volunteer. And do you know you throw everybody into a tizzy on a Sunday morning when you do that? Now listen, listen to me. I understand, and so do our pastors. Everybody knows things do happen that that are out of your control. People get sick. Um, You know, things happen like that. Or we're not talking about that. We know that that's going to happen. But 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 what we're what we are talking about is that sort of lax attitude of well, I signed up for it, and they're lucky to have me. I'm not obligated to do it. (laughs) True story. True story. I'm not obligated to do this, you know. Um, Well, you're not working as unto man. Mm. Yep. Let's go over and look real quick. Let's see. Let's go over and look at Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Twenty-three, and there we go. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You serve the Lord Christ. It's important that you come to the place of praying and, and, and taking any of this stuff seriously and as a ministry. As a ministry and understanding that what you do, you do uh, towards Jesus. You're doing this for Jesus. You're not doing it for for, uh, men. Amen. 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 Um, And listen, the truth is, is that people may not, people may not recognize what you're doing. 
I'll be honest with you. People may treat you like a volunteer. They may be like, oh, you know, they're just the usher or they're just the blah, 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 whatever. You know, they, they're just the nursery worker. And listen, if you're a person that goes back there to the nursery, you know, and, and that person's back there and you go to pick up your kids and you say, man, you should have been in there today. You missed it. Oh, the anointing was flowing. It was great. You really missed out today. Stop that. Why don't you just say thank you for serving? And let me, let me enlighten you. If you're the nursery worker, you did not miss out. If you are doing what God has called you to do, how can you miss out? You see, you see the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the apostle, they're all here to do what? The Bible tells us that they're here to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so you've already sat in, 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 in a service and you've been equipped, okay? And now you've made it possible for somebody else to sit in the service and be equipped. They're in the process of getting equipped, but you're in the process of taking the equipping that you've already received and investing it and doubling it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. And do you suppose that, that when you've served God and you've taken what, what he's given you and you've gone and you've invested it in ministry and you've, and you've been there and you've supplied for the rest of the body and the anointing's flowing in here while they're getting equipped, do you suppose that God's not going to reward you? He's going to reward you. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Well done. Stop saying to people when they're serving, man, you missed out. Listen, that doesn't make anybody want to go do those jobs. Because <laughs> okay? they're thinking to themselves, yeah, this was hard today, and these babies were a brat, and so-and-so's kid doesn't mind for nothing, and you're right, I'm just missing out. What am I doing back here? Why did I volunteer for this job? And then they hit people around here, you saying stuff like that, and, and, and they're like, man, I don't want to go be a part of that. And then for those who feel that they really feel called to do that and they're, and they're like, man, I love it. They start wondering about themselves. Well, huh, am I crazy? Maybe this really isn't anything, you know. I, I like going back there serving and doing the kids. I'm a strange one. You know, people will say stuff like, well, thank the Lord for you because I got to tell you, when they made you, they broke the mold, sister. I'm like, you know, and you can start feeling like, man, this is not really anything worth doing. You couldn't be further from the truth. Amen. <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth. Amen. Listen, it's a ministry. And now, now, I admit that leadership sometimes is responsible for making you feel like it's not important. True story. Not meaning to. Just having so many things on their own plate to do all of us having things on their own plate that they may forget to stop and go, hey, I really appreciate that you did that. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, they may may fail to do that. But can I tell you something? God never fails to see what you did. He never fails to see what it is that you have done. Never. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians, did I take y'all there, 1558. Yes or no? (laughs) All right. Amen. I don't mean for it to sound like I'm just getting on to y'all. I mean, it's coming across that way a little bit. It's just that I'm feeling real strong about it. Uh, It's in my spirit. And I understand that a lot of you are the workers. I do understand that. That's why you're here in the first service. But in every service, we, we have some who aren't. And so if you are a worker sitting here while I talk like this, you just rejoice with me and say, yeah, you tell them, Teresa. Tell the rest of them to get up. <laughs> you get in there and do something. You just sit there and enjoy the fact that I'm telling the rest of them to get busy, all right? <laughs> okay. Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It is not in vain in the Lord. Men may or may not recognize you. And can I say something? Don't be one of those people when somebody does something really well that you're like, oh, they know they did a good job. I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them because it'll just give them the big head. I grew up. Stop that. Stop it. Listen, if somebody did a good job, encourage them. Tell them they did a good job. Because sometimes you have no way to know, did you, did you, did you hit the mark? Did you reach the audience? Did you, did you fulfill the mission? If nobody ever says, hey, you reached the mark, you fulfilled the mission. How can you judge unless somebody tells you once in a while, hey, you did a good job? Amen. So don't be the person that, that sits around and won't tell somebody good job. Go tell them. Listen, I go out of my way sometimes to tell people, hey, you know what? You're a blessing. Amen. And it may sound like I'm just being, oh, you know, no, I'm not. I mean it. Yeah. I won't say it to you if I don't think you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True story. Yeah. If I don't think you're, I won't come up to you and say, wow, you're really a blessing unless I, unless I think you're a blessing. Amen. Not to say that everybody, everybody's not valuable. That's not what I'm talking about. That isn't what I'm saying. Everybody's valuable. Amen. Yeah. And I think everybody's valuable. Yeah. What I'm talking about is whether you've been a blessing yeah. to the body of Christ. Yeah. So know the difference when I say that. Amen. I believe everybody's valuable. Yeah. You are valuable because God, Jesus, gave his life for you. All of us are valuable. But there's a difference between being valuable and being a blessing. Yes, yes. Amen? Yeah. And you could be valuable and never give a blessing to anybody. That's good. You can have very good value. You can be a highly valued person by God and by, and by Jesus and never be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sad. <laughs> sad, sad story. Okay, now, like I said, I want you to start to think about what you do with a different level. Because if it's a ministry and it's not a volunteer, and I've already showed you that that's the truth, God considers you working for him. And if you start to develop the idea that when I do this job, I'm not just doing this job for pastor or, 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 or for Pastor Lisa or for Pastor Justin or for, 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 you know, for whoever, you know, I'm not just doing it for them. I'm actually doing this for the Lord. Well, now that puts a whole different standard on it. And I've already showed you that that, that is truth. That's, that is truth. You may be under the ministry, you're under the covering of this is pastor's overall ministry, but you still have ministry within this ministry. And if you took on the attitude, and if everybody would take on that attitude of I'm not just a volunteer, I have a feeling it would get, it would get rid of a lot of the kind of lax and slou- I'm just going to say it, lackadaisical and sloppy work. Uh, yeah. Amen. That's true. Sloppy work. Very good. Because you're not invested in it. People, right. yeah. people don't, they're not invested in it. The reason they're sloppy with it is they're just, they're not invested in it. They don't see the, that it's a, it's, it's a real ministry. I mean, and, and listen to me, that's really sad. Yeah. It's really sad because, because the Bible says that if you can't be faithful in another man's stuff, why is he going to give you your own stuff? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that will take on a job and they've got the attitude, well, this is Pastor Darrell's thing or whoever's thing, and so I'm kind of sloppy. I'm like, it's not really mine, so I don't really care. Well, let me tell you something. You'll never have your own if that's the attitude. You'll never have your own. Now, another reason people don't, don't step up and they don't get involved and they don't serve besides thinking that they don't have anything special to, to offer is that they do think they have something special to offer and they are not willing to take anything underneath their special ability. 
There's a story in the Old Testament, and y'all are all familiar with it. It's Elijah and Elisha. Yeah. Now, Elijah was a prophet, and he was a well-known prophet in the land, and he was well-respected, right? And one day, Elijah's going along. God tells him to go and find Elisha, and Elisha's in the field plowing, and Elijah goes to Elisha, uh, and he throws his mantle on him, and basically, he tells him, he says, today, God has called you to come and serve with me. And then Elisha says, okay, great, that's awesome, but let me go and tell my family bye. And, and Elijah turns around to him and says, hey, what's it to me? Go do whatever you're going to do. Now, that seems confusing when you're reading the story, but what he's actually saying to you is it's not me who has called you. It's God that has called you. Whatever you need to do from here on out is between you and God. I'm not the one calling you to serve me. God's calling you to serve me. Many people come into the church and they're like, oh man, this is my church. And pastor, I'm here for you. And I, and, 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 you know, I, this is my calling. I called to this place. You know, two weeks later, you never even see them again because they had a really special calling and nobody offered them a special position. Now, Elisha goes along with Elijah for quite some time. He's walking along and he's serving. He's, in, he's, he's behind the scenes. You read a lot of stuff about Elijah, but it says later on that Elisha served him faithfully all through that. And you, it's not talking about Elisha very much when it's talking about Elijah doing great things. But that whole time, the Bible says that Elisha was there serving the man of God. And at that time, see, we get to read the rest of that story. You and I read the story, and we know what happens. See, but you got to remember that at the time Elisha was serving Elijah faithfully, he didn't know what was coming. All he knew was that he had been called to serve. Comes down to the end of uh, uh, Elijah's life. And Elisha knows that he, he, he's asked for the double portion. He's followed Elijah faithfully. He served Elijah faithfully. And listen, anytime you're serving another man, although Elijah was a great man of God, he was a prophet, and, and he did awesome things, he was a man. And we see his humanity when we read the story of Jezebel and all that stuff where he was hiding in a cave. You know, first he goes and kills, you know, all the prophets of Baal and he's doing this mighty thing. But then on the other hand, we see his humanity where he's hiding. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that Elisha served him when he was up here on the mountaintop and when he was down here in his humanity. Elisha stayed faithful to him. He served faithfully. And all the time he was in the shadows. Then we get down to the end of the life, you know, and uh, all those prophets uh, that were at the school, they keep saying to him, hey, do you know uh, that uh, your, your, your master's about to be, you know, taken up, that he's about to leave? In other words, he's, he, he's getting out of here. He's going. And Elijah keeps saying to him, yes, I know it. Hush. Be quiet. Yes, I know it. And you see, if you read that story, that Elijah, uh, it looks like he's trying to shake off Elisha. <laughs> it looks like he's trying to get rid of him. He's like, okay, so now I'm going to go. I got to go do this thing. I'm going to go. He knows that he's going to go and, and be caught up in the whirlwind with God. He knows that. Um, and he's like, okay, you stay here, and, and I'm going to go there and do that. Um, and, and Elisha is like, no, sir. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm sticking. I'm sticking until the end. And he finally says to him, he says, look, i got to go do this. What is it that you're wanting, Elisha? Why, why are you, what is it you want? What is it you want, Elisha? Is that my, there we go, is that better? He says, what is it you want? And so Elisha finally tells him, he says, hey, I want a double portion of the anointing that's on you. I want a double portion of the anointing that's on you. 
And Elijah says to him, man, you've asked a hard thing. <laughs> you've asked a hard thing. Now, when we, we, read, we read that and we think, well, why did he say that he asked a hard thing? Well, because the anointing on a person, listen to me, the anointing on a person, uh, they go through some things to get that anointing. There's a cost to the anointing. But I want you to notice something. Elisha did get the double portion. Amen. Why? Because he had been there all along, going through all the things with Elijah. He had been faithful to go through all the hard things that Elijah had gone through. Elisha stayed and served through the hard things. And so he was qualified. He was qualified. Now, pastor uses this example all the time. He says, you know, people want, uh, you know, they want to just jump in and they want to be in the pulpit or they want to do this or they want to do that, uh, but they've never even taught a Sunday school class. They've never even kept the nursery. They've never served in any kind of way. You know, it's like you take a, a third grader who's learning two plus two and you give them an algebra test. Yeah, that's true. Listen, you may have a calling for something special. You may. Right. Special as man considers it. Can I tell you something? There really is no special. There isn't anything special. There's different levels of responsibility. All of it, all of it is serving. All of it. So the pastor is a server. Kenneth Copeland says, server. Mary Frances is a servant. Teresa Schubert is a servant. Justin Morgan is a servant. Pastor Lisa is a servant. Our nursery workers are servants. Our ushers are servants. Our sound man is a servant. Our altar worker is a servant. Our praise band is a servant. All just servants with different levels of responsibility according to their ability which God placed in them. Nothing that they can brag about because they didn't do it. God did it. Amen? And so we saw... In that, in that parable, that it didn't matter if they had two talents or they had five talents. All that mattered was that they used those talents, invested those talents, and they all received well done, good, and faithful servant. Amen. I hope to set you free from the idea of special serving. Yeah. It's all servanthood. All servanthood. Now, I'll tell you what part of the reason why people, people, um, you know, like that. They like the idea of special because I've been told this. Well, you have the glory job. <laughs> Back when I used to sing a lot, I had somebody come to me and said, well, it's easy to be you. You have the glory job. Man, it irked me. I'm going to tell you, it irked me. Why? Because what you're really saying is it don't cost you anything to do that. You just get up and you just do it. No, you're quite wrong. I invested hours getting ready to sing, and I still do. And back then, you had to go to the Christian store. I'd spend a whole day sitting in the Christian bookstore, going through CDs, listening and listening to find a CD that, that suited my voice, come home, and my husband will attest to this, practice that song and practice that song and practice that song, find the places where I was weak, back it up, do that part again, back it up, do that part again, Back it up, do that part again. Back it up, do that part again. Why? So that when I step up there, it looks to you like, wow, that was easy. There are no glory jobs. There's just serving. Now granted, granted, 
some of the, the things that we do do get noticed more than others. Yeah. Yeah. But that's by men. Yeah. Nothing escapes God's notice. And at the end, what it's all about, listen, all, all, the, all the praise of man will fade away. You know, all the, wow, you, you did that awesome. Wow, you, you know, that was good. And you, you, rah, rah, re. Do you know at the end, that'll mean nothing compared to, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. See, that's what the real goal is. Amen. That's what the real goal is. Yeah. Now, back to the story of Elisha. Y'all thought I forgot. <laughs> I didn't. I just took you around about for a moment. <laughs> See, Elisha was actually called to be a prophet of God. But he served in obscurity yeah. for quite a while yeah. before he stepped in. People will sit on the pew and they will not take the lower job because they have a special calling. Mm, And can I tell you something? You'll probably never reach that special calling because it takes takes learning to serve. It takes learning to be able to to, um, submit under authority. There's training that has to happen. There's training that has to happen. And there's a price to pay. So what you consider the glory jobs, (laughs) the glory jobs, there's a price to pay for that. And so maybe you do have a calling to be in a public kind of position, right? But please don't sit on the bench and think that one day you'll just get taken from kindergarten into the algebra class. Or you'll sit the whole time. And even if God did that for you, do you know you couldn't hold on to it? Because you wouldn't have the discipline and the character to do it. If you can't be faithful to serve at greeting at the door or being an altar worker or, or, or loving the little children, helping with the babies, if you're not faithful in any of that, I promise you God will not put you in front of the people. He can't afford to. He can't afford to. He can't afford to do it. Ooh, I've created quite the heavy atmosphere. Praise Jesus. Now, <laughs> let's look at Matthew 20. Actually, I'm not even going to take credit for that. This is the message that was given to me. And let's look at verses, Matthew 20, verse 20. Through 28. Now this is, this is the mother of Zebedee's sons, okay? And, and, and they come to Jesus, okay? And it says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him, Jesus. And he said to her, What do you wish? And she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I am about to be baptized with? He was talking about the death and resurrection, what he was about to do on the cross. And they said to him, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, meaning you'll receive it. I'll pay the price and you'll receive it. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. And Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them yet it shall not be so among you but whoever desires to become great among you let him be your servant and whoever desires to be first among you let him be your slave just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve 
and to give his life a ransom for many. The bottom line is this. God's kingdom is always opposite of the world's kingdom. And the way up at the kingdom of God is to go low. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due season. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are right on the time. Well, one, one or two minutes over maybe. Okay, but we are right at time. And so I am going to pray and we are going to be dismissed. So the praise band can come up here. I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, yes, and don't forget your offering, something I tend to forget to take up in this first service. (laughs) God loves a cheerful giver, so when we dismiss, if you have your offering, please bring that up and put it in the buckets, okay? Father, I just thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to speak to the people. Lord, sometimes, sometimes there's a need for an adjustment, and help us not to despise that. I understand these are mostly the servers, Lord. But I also understand we all need a a tune-up every now and then and a check-up about the attitude that we have towards that serving. And so, Father, I pray that that, that this would not be a message of condemnation because it's not meant to be. But, Father, that it would be a a time to look into their hearts and and to consider. Consider what is the attitude towards it. And I thank you and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time